So we're here at the Quattro Music Company, mm-hmm. Thomas, West Virginia. Yeah. On our little trip here with uh, Chris Quattro, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Christopher, Chris. Christopher. Whichever. The older I get, the more I like my actual name. Yeah. Something about it. It's got mm-hmm. a professionalism or something to it that yeah. sounds different than... Yeah, I know uh, I've increasingly been meeting guys with the name James. Okay, sure. That are using James instead of Jim or Jimmy. Yeah, lots of J's. I know that used to be J's, and now they go by James. Or at least, if nothing else, in, like, writing or, like, Facebook. Like, they're James again, you know? Right, right. So, good on them, though. Yeah. James is a cool name. I like James. Yeah. Yeah, I had a a co-worker at one point in time. We had a boss uh, named Jim, and... uh, I, I made a comment. I was like, yeah, fuck you, James. And he's like, and my coworker's in there, like, just like perplexed. And he, like, it took about 10 minutes. And he's like, who's James? <laughs> I'm like, Jim. He's like, that's not how you do that. Yeah. I'm like, what did you think it was? Jimmis? Yeah. yeah that's your- <laughs> Jimothy. 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 <laughs> that's hilarious. It's like, I, I always, I feel bad for the guy named like Keith. Yeah. What, yeah. What's it? What is it? Like, it's just, you're just Keith. That's you're just it. Keith. There's no, yeah, there's no, yeah. there's no abbreviation. You you're, can't, you can't yeah. church that one Keith. up. It's already one syllable. Yeah. Unless you're British. Keith, <laughs> got like a little bit of little oomph in there, you know. Uh, so yeah. yeah. So what? Uh, what made you want to start a music shop here in Thomas? Desperation. Um, I'm unemployable, so uh, and the only thing I like is musical stuff. So it was kind of a means to an end. I cannot possibly stand to make coffee. Another. I swear, is that cool? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how I talk. Fucking yeah, for sure. A, fucking is a comma for me. Like it's the <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, um, yeah I, I just couldn't make coffee another day. I, I couldn't make another pizza. I just got to the point where I was just in my 30s. And I was like, I just can't do this around 19-year-olds. I, there's a point to where I have to stop. I got to figure out something to do. Because mm-hmm. um, I landed in uh, the area because of meeting my current, you know, my wife, my then girlfriend, you know, at the time, and kind of landed um, in a smaller town. So my options were limited, but it's Buchanan. It's not too far from here. And this kind of just fell in. Our friend Kristen had this place as a vintage store prior, and she was leaving, and we were just talking one day, and she said, rent's really cheap. Want to just come in as I go out? Just have you ever thought about opening a store? And it was like, no, I never thought I could do it. How much is it? Oh, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. I can afford that. I mean, surely God could figure something out. And I had a lucky score at a pawn shop, so I opened this place with three thousand dollars. Wow, that's it. I mean, that was that that was my money. It was my seed money. I bought a couple hundred dollar guitars and a square reader and. Slowly after 10 years, I mean, we still don't have a ton of stuff and it makes dick, but it's, you know, it's fun. It keeps me doing something. Of course, I run sound and have three bands on top of it. So there's yeah. other, you know, income sources. My wife's a breadwinner. I get to be a dilettante. You know, it's really, yeah. I'm very lucky that, you know, she's got a good job. Mm-hmm. I can sort of piece together six things into a crappy part-time job, but at least it's a crappy part-time job that doesn't make me want to jump out a window instead yeah. of customer service on other people's terms yeah you know um again i've locked the door 
right now because I feel yeah. like it. Like that's yeah. that's the nice thing about it. that's always been me. I was that kid that as soon as I my mom said you know I put you on the bus the first day of school and you came back and you were miserable every day after it. And you know I just went there and went. So I have to go. Why do I have to go back? I didn't like it. So like well no you have to go back. I'm like well how many days? They're like until you graduate. Right from what like. 18 years of this? No, yeah. thank you. Right. You know, and it was one of those things. And I think I still feel like that about employment. It was like, you mm-hmm. mean every day I'm supposed to be here until you say I go? Right. That's a terrible idea. Who thought that was a good idea? Yeah. I mean, I don't, it makes me think of uh, recently, and I think we've mentioned it on other episodes, I, I believe. I don't know if it made it into an episode. Uh, Google's AI. Mm-hmm. They, they've had several experiments recently where you know the one was tasked with doing like a a monotonous repetitive job and after 15 minutes yeah it was like i'm just gonna shut myself off that's amazing (laughs) it already shows how much smarter it is than we are right you know i mean the fact that we spend like why are we doing this yeah yeah it made me think of i was listening to something yesterday and they were talking about there's a podcast i really like and it's called 60 songs that explain the 90s and they're way past 60 songs it makes it even funnier but they were doing chubba wumba's tub thumping okay. which they're you know they identify as like an anarchist band but they, he's using other bands as an example and an old one had these lyrics where the lyrics just consisted of how many hours of your life you have to work and then the thing that it obtains so like so many days and you get a car. So many days and you get a mattress. Right, so right. many days and you get a this. And it was just dividing what your time was worth in your life versus what it what you got at the end of it through, you know, basic capitalism. And it's when you start thinking about things in that terms of or I saw a really good meme yesterday that was like your average life expectancy is seventy seven years old and you mm-hmm. you you retire at sixty five. Which right. means you get 11 years in the worst health of your life right. to maybe yeah. do what you want to do. Yeah. Like, what a crock of shit. Yeah. And you now, know what I mean? like, now your body can't handle half the stuff you yeah, want to do. Or anything. Right? I mean, there, and there's little people that, let's face it, that at the 50s and 60s, if they've not thought about it or not taken care of themselves or, or had a, a condition of something that's um, hereditary or an mm-hmm. accident – it's they're not good for 20 years of their right. life much less the last 10 of their lives right you know so it's a it's a shame it's a shame that we've decided that this is how things work i mean it's just when it doesn't need to be like that mm-hmm. there are options you know so yeah i think there are more and more people sorry there's there's people trying to get in the in the store yeah, here there's a sign he, on he the door down, that says <laughs> yeah but you know whatever that's okay they uh yeah they probably see see you in here and, yeah that's and assume fine it's open but yeah. so the one lady stood there and stared at the door for like 10 minutes like it, she's gonna unlock it with her brain yeah yeah i mean i try to be a jedi sometimes too yeah but <laughs> yeah it hasn't worked out I, so far I, but what is I definitely i mean as of right now like i'm only open two days a week okay um there's just not much reason here necessarily otherwise to do so particularly because i live a little bit of a distance and mm-hmm. it isn't free so i tend to work here when i feel like it it's uh Again, it's it's really low overhead. I don't really do it for income. I do it more as a lark because it doesn't make me income. I don't really draw. I don't draw a salary from it. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, it runs itself at basically zero. Yeah. Now, so so do you? How do you get the the stuff in here? Do you spend time going out everywhere? I've been to Ohio and back already this week. You know, I mean, I brought back a guitar from New Zealand this year. You know, like it just everywhere we go. You know, my wife does the clothes. It's a thing we do together. It's sort of a hobby. 
And it's, yeah, we hunt constantly and we go everywhere. I mean, it's just, and everywhere is an excuse. We both like to travel. We don't have kids. We decide yeah. we've just, we have made a choice to be child free for that reason mm-hmm. that we never had that calling to have kids. And, uh, we just wanted, I don't know. We've get, I think we both have realized like, you know, we, we are sort of stuck in a state that neither one of us really, really adore. We get underpaid at all of our endeavors here because of where we are. So we're going to leave as much as possible since we're sort of stuck here. Mm-hmm. Like let's, we're going to, we've designed a life in which we travel. And that's part of what this is. It's kind of an excuse sometimes to just yeah. be like, Hey, I need to go find a guitar. Well, where do you, where have we gone for a minute? Let's go to Richmond this week and see what's there. Maybe we'll stop at an antique mall on the way and we'll go thrifting on the way. And maybe we'll find something for you or me or the shop or whatever. It doesn't really matter. It's just an excuse to get out and mm-hmm. get away and eat something that's ethnic and you know it seems like there there's a lot of it's it's trying to find a a balance between you know the passion or you know whatever your passion is Mm -hmm. and you know trying to sustain a a lifestyle here for sure a lot of artists in in this area i i was surprised to see how many galleries are here it's it's amazing what's here and it's amazing what used to not be here i mean kurt and i remember when this place was ghost town it was just tumbleweeds. No, tumbleweeds had better things to do than roll down Front Street in the nineties. Like there was, there was a crappy bar, a defunct department store, the old general store, and the Christmas shop, and there was really nothing else. I mean, there was, it was, you know, and now it's, you know, this weird little hipster destination spot, and it, it's very weird. Like especially for me, who was already a hipster then that wasn't the term back then but it was i was into the same music i am into now i was skating i was an alt kid who got drug here but there wasn't many people like there really was no one like me there's no one like me there were a couple kids like nirvana and green day and mainstream mtv you know alt stuff but i was already weirder than that what what kind of stuff do you were you into I was already into f- punk and Fugazi and Minor Thread and, you know, Super Chunk and Pavement and, you know, old things, 80s, New Wave. I was listening to, I liked weird 60s music that I didn't I, listen to Zeppelin and The Doors. I was listening to like, not Monkeys, but like the Monkeys third record no one cared about. Yeah. We were just talking about Zappa today. It was Zappa, yes. Yeah, I never liked Zappa. I was always more of a Beefheart guy. Let's <laughs> know. I hated. I hated Frank Zappa's music. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I don't complete. I don't dislike it. I. I mean, I like like the first Mother's record. There's like a couple songs that I think are kind of fun, but the like overcomplicated orchestral. Like I don't like progressive I just, rock. I didn't mm-hmm. like the the whole the um. What do you call it? The the following it was kind of like the, the he was like the beatles weird uncle or yeah, cousin yeah, yeah for sure they, they're like let's go hang out with this guy and do yeah. mushrooms and then he got yeah. he's like way out there yeah, yeah. And they're like hey, yeah this is too far yeah. like when <laughs> can we let's get back yeah. let's get back <laughs> he definitely attracted like the freaks but i mean freaks need homes too you know and i get that but definitely wasn't my style i like weird stuff but i it's to me frank zappa was contrived weirdness not earnest weirdness like, I think he knew damn well. He's too smart. It wasn't real. He just knew what like wasn't was- normal. And I think he mapped a career of abnormality, but it was thoughtful abnormality, mm. not like... I feel like he was the first troll. 
Like, yeah, it was. It was very much. <laughs> was. You know, he definitely yeah. was mocking everything. It was mm. reactionary. Not, you know, he wasn't. I don't know even who to think. Like, who was a stone cold weirdo? Bo Diddley, stone cold weirdo. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. You do. You, <laughs> he basically invented rock and roll. Okay. He's an old, it's, uh, you know, um, you, if you heard him, you'd go, oh, that yeah, guy. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. he's one of the earliest, like, p- were blues turned into rock. And okay. literally invented, like, his own guitar apparatuses Sh- that Shudder. didn't exist. But, you know, he was, he was just a, he was a weird, he was a legit weirdo. Yeah. But he made something lasting and genius. And to this day, I mean, if you hear a guitarist play an electric guitar, Bo Diddley's in there. Like he's, he, he's still what we do, essentially. Okay. Like it's wild. He was on it pretty quickly, but yeah. You know. I like the, the Velvet Underground. I like the, Love the Velvet Underground. Yeah. There's a, I, I like a lot of different stuff too. Like the Misfits years ago, like my Lodi brothers, yeah. the Misfits. <laughs> I yeah. missed all. I mean, I'm I'm too young. That was all done by the time I was anywhere close to sure. a punk club. But I was very aware of the Misfits because they were localized. You knew they were from Jersey when you grew up. Yeah, there. there there's something about the that tempo um, that it's just it, it's unmatched. I don't think that mm-hmm. there's anything like it. Yeah, and it's. it's I mean, there the one cool thing because I know so I'm I'm a I'm a big. Um, a fan of surf music, and a part of that's because of punk. Yeah. Because I think I was aware of there being surf music without knowing that that was what it was, especially growing – I was born in Asbury Park, so I grew up on the water. I grew up on the water in the 70s. It was that tail end of the, you know, attraction, yeah. and I think it was perme- – you know, it was one of those things where you – all these radio is on and they were playing the beach boys and playing we talking about brian wilson today amazing he's a genius that hey, sounds hey. is one of the greatest achievement humans have ever put in a recording yeah he is uh, the, unparalleled i don't think that a lot of people know his like his genius like the no. story about he he Talk really, about a stone cold weirdo yeah he was mm-hmm. yeah he was a he was a singular genius is a singular genius and it, he's paid the price for it. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's had a rough life dealing with that, the grips of what it means to be like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but, but I mean, that stuff's amazing. But yeah, the Velvet Underground are another one, but they're also kind of doing Bo Diddley. Like, if you listen, they, remember, they cite, we were trying to do this and Bo Diddley when we started. Do you remember? Um, so obviously Dave Grohl was mm-hmm. a drummer for Nirvana. Sure. Mm-hmm. There was and now a, he does uh, music documentaries. Yeah. There, so one of the interviews that he was in not too long ago, he was ta- they were talking about, you know, like, why didn't you continue drumming whenever you left Nirvana? Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, I was not a good drummer. Uh, and he... <laughs> and I actually don't disagree with him. Yeah, he uh, actually... He was a bombastic drummer. And he was he showed where he pulled his influence from, and it was like the old soul type mm-hmm. music. And it, when you listen to it, like they actually, I think it's with Pharrell William, maybe he, they show like the, the drum line that he was using for smells like teen spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy shit. Like if you didn't know, like you, you wouldn't even, oh, you sure. would have never drawn that connection. Yeah. I'm not a Dave Grohl fan. I do not enjoy the music of the Foo Fighters. Nirvana was fine. I mean, I almost like them more now than I did then yeah. in hindsight, but it's more nostalgia than it is anything, or I may, or I've appreciated with a different lens. But no, he was not a technical drummer. There are far more All technical right, drummers right. in the world, which I also think is kind of bullshit. Like, I think most musicians of that caliber tend to overplay. It's mm-hmm. musical athleticism. It has nothing to do with tact or taste or style or interest. It's just, look what I can do quickly. 
Look how many things right. can I squeeze in here. And that's, that doesn't make interesting right. music. It makes complicated music. And I think there was a period of time where it did like the jazz drumming, like your, you know, your sure. buddy rich, like your, yeah. you know, Joe Morella, like those guys just had, there was, there's something about that, yes. that drum line yeah. that made jazz music like yes. that in a way that well, it wouldn't be without it. And we're talking about, you're looking at the history of jazz is the history of the exploration of humanity of the extent of the musical creations that we have made. That you're looking at technology as it's happening and people that are exploiting that technology in real time and sort of finding its limitations and the human limitations of that equipment, you know, in real time. And I think that makes jazz very different from a lot of other things, not to mention you're looking at what are often extremely educated musicians. Mm -hmm. They're not rock musicians who started in a garage. They're not rock musicians who are learning from other uneducated rock musicians. Right. Those guys went to Juilliard. They worked hard, especially even the deconstructionists that I really like, because I don't like a lot of straight jazz, but Albert Eiler and Ornette Coleman and, you know, there's people like that that are, you know, they really were, they learned jazz inside and then took it apart and put it back together and then went, looked at it again and went, no, but we can keep taking this apart. We can dismantle it all the way down to the squonks and the clicks and the, like, I can take a saxophone and what can I not make it do? I'm going to push it past its design mm -hmm. and I'm going to push myself past my knowledge to see what I can make, you know, that's never been made before. And, you know, those, those people have, you know, I think don't get anywhere near enough credit, particularly in non jazz genres, except for the people that are self aware of where they draw their influences from. But talk about important music and talk about important musical growth was particularly, particularly post. I know I'm a free jazz guy. I love, you know, the, racial politics that are inherent in that and the fact that people were looking for freedom and found some of it away from structure and away from time but and you know away from control and away from even necessarily like palatable listening like we we're just going to destroy yeah, I think, yeah. but you're, you're, there's a love there yeah, I, think, mm. I think that's what you're describing Absolutely. And, and really like coming to, to what the reason we wanted to come yeah. to Thomas really was I had been here Many years ago, okay. and when it wasn't this, yeah, um, Davis had you know a little something going on because mm -hmm. of the falls, but yeah. you know, Thomas was the fiddle had just kind of started to to get bands in, and it wasn't what it what it is today. No, and then uh, when Kurt moved back here, you know, catching up with Kurt mm -hmm. and hearing you know how things have have changed a lot, I, I felt like this is exactly what we are looking for. You know, if if there was a a thing that we could associate our podcast to. It, sure. It's this town because there's okay. an identity here uh, on the, that this town is starting to develop that is unlike any place else. Sure. There's love. Cur currently. Right. Yeah. Currently. Currently. And that's going to be changed and ruined because it, 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 right. it always is. Yeah. It's always a cycle of gentrification and it's happening here. And the weird things that are here now are going to be pushed out. Like one of these days, this building that I'm in that's for sale will sell. And either I'll have a landlord that wants to keep me in here and they'll do that, but chances are good I'll have one that doesn't. They can see, yeah. they see dollar signs and see someone who's going to pay three times more rent than I pay and, and put a little maybe money into it and fix it up. But it's right now, 
I'm, this is what I do. I'm a bubble burster, and this is one of the places I love to burst bubbles around because I think people come very intoxicated here mm-hmm. and very infatuated very quickly because it has all the right pieces to be attractive immediately to particularly to certain people. And I think it is, um, it's a fairy tale here more than it is real. And I think you have to be here every day to really see behind the veil. And that veil is being slowly torn or even rapidly torn right now. Like it's getting quicker and quicker and quicker of, Oh no, this thing we can all lose that we've worked really hard for that is a weird little town because it's happened before. Mm-hmm. It happened in Seattle. It happened in the village. It happened in blah, 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 blah. Athens, Georgia in the 80s, Min- Minneapolis. They have, you know, yeah. people come in, they see something they want from something and then they take it. And that's what's happening to Thomas right now. Yeah. I think there's, there's something to be so, so Minneapolis is a city I, I lived in for yeah. quite a while and I, I, I really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it because, um, so one of my, uh, the Replacements, one of my favorite bands. One of the better bands that have ever happened. Man, are they just so Husker talented. Husker Just a phenomenal talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're when you're driving around the south side of, of Minneapolis, you can see that that grittiness that, that was there. It reminds you of like a Milwaukee, a mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, you know, kind of what you're, what existed here. For sure. And, and what I, I think is really interesting, and, and we talked about this a little bit, Kurt and I, you have all of these things that are happening and these different characters that are kind of coming together to make, you know, what you're talking about mm-hmm. come to fruition. But it's, it's always, I think we always overlook the, the fact that there's one common thread and it's, it, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, sure. That's why you fall in love with it. And sure. it's the, the one thing that it doesn't matter if you're, if you're into jazz, if you're into mm-hmm. punk, if you're into hip hop, yeah. you're going to, you're going to stop and, and take a look around and, and breathe it in and sure. go, man, I would love to have a piece of this. Sure. I don't know that I agree personally. Um, <laughs> I mean, um yeah, the, the, yesterday <laughs> we were, we were yeah. at the fiddle. Yeah. yeah. There, there, I don't know if you saw the guy that was standing to the, the right of us. I don't know. You're like, you made the comment about West Virginia, and this guy like turned around. He's like, "What? Yeah, yeah I know. Like, why would you say that? Yeah, like, why would you say well, that? Because I've been other places. I just got back yeah. from New Zealand. I've been to Japan. I've seen a lot of the world. It's all kind of pretty, and therefore, to me, it becomes yeah. more samey. When you look at some trees on a hill, I'm not saying that they aren't intrinsically beautiful. I'm just saying that there's a point to where they become, for me, less pretty." When you look at it all the time, mm-hmm. you know, I've sort of been here since I was a teenager. And what I actually find interesting to me is more like an urban decay scenario. I like cities. I like buildings. I like structure. I like a different type of humanity. I like an amount of humanity, but with a greater sense of autonomy and what's the word I want to use? Anon, like being anonymous. You can be in a place like a yeah. city, and even though you're more surrounded on all sides, no one knows who you are. Versus a place like this, where everyone, everyone knows, knows who you are. Who you are. Yeah. They know what you do, what side you sleep on. I always say, like, yeah. you sneeze on Front Street, they say, bless you on Brown Street. Yeah. Like, it's it, that this place, yes, trees and parks and things are lovely. Yes. But I don't find the same value 
in them. I'm not saying tear them down. I'm not saying like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, anti-environmental or anything like that. I'm not going that far, but me personally, this place, particularly the, the beauty and the things that attract a lot of people at this point in time, almost depress me rather than inspire me. Cause all I see is more of the same mm-hmm. empty, you know, and yeah. I mean, it's nice. I'm glad animals have a place to live still in some parts of the world because that seems like that's becoming rarer and rarer. Good for them. I want that to exist for them. I'm glad it's here. But for me, I feel inside of a tiny, tiny little box that I am trapped. Yeah. And that I am stuck in, and there's no escape. Like mm-hmm. that's how it feels to be in this microcosm for me. Yeah. You know, some people like to be a big fish in a small pond. I'd rather be a minnow in a lake. Yeah. Because I just, I like the options that a lake has versus what the little pond or the, you know, here's like a teacup. It's a whale in a teacup. Yeah. You know, that's how things are here. And it's, some people want that. Yeah. And some people like that. And some people like the same thing every day and they like to have the same option. And they, you know, some people, like I, I, I don't hike. I don't mountain bike. I don't ski. I don't snowboard. I don't outside like Mm -hmm. it's not what i like to do so this place is sort of wasted on me and that's part of it too as i feel almost embarrassed that i hold you know i run sound for a venue and i don't like most of the music i live in a town that's taking i'm taking up a space of somebody who probably would love this place and i don't Mm -hmm. so there's a way where i feel sort of ashamed to be here because i'm sure there is somebody whom is dying to be here whether that's misinformed or not Whether they think they want to be here, they do want to be here. And whether that changes when they actually get here, I think it does for a lot of people. It's a hard place to live. It's not an easy place to live. It's still jobs are limited. Options are limited. Friends are limited. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of limitation here currently. We'll see what that means in the future. Yeah. You know, you had mentioned the, you know, you sneeze on one street and someone says, Mm -hmm. bless you on the other. And. You know, Kirk kind of mentioned something last night when we were just chit-chatting back at the Airbnb about like the, you know, their sense of community. Yeah, you everywhere you go, everyone knows you. Sure. But on the same token, everyone knows you. Sure. <laughs> and they know your business. They do. And they and, have an opinion of you. Yeah. And they consider you as much as everyone does. I mean, I think we all think people think about us more than we know they all do. Yeah. You know, you think about how much you think about people. Like, you know, it's way less than you think people think about you, which sure. means they think way less about you than <laughs> yeah. you actually think that they do. Yeah, probably. You know, this place yeah. is a little bit like that. You know, it's humans are humans, but it's, uh, it's definitely, it's interesting. Not for mention, like, you know, when you're hearing you've got kin from here, mm-hmm. it, I am not just Chris. I am Matt's son. I am Pap's uh-huh. grandson. I am XX and Y because my great great grandparents were here. They're, like my family is not detached from this place. It's mm-hmm. not from somewhere else. I'm not a singular entity that ended up here, and I have no connection here. It's and that now given there's a lot of people now that have it. They don't know my history, but there's enough locals that do. Yeah, that there's I'm not for so so it depends on who you run into, and then you sort of find that little like. Like, there's that line between, like, are you never going to let my family live this down? Or don't you know who I am? Like, that's sort of what you end up doing yeah, is, like, yeah. who are you? Like, you act like this is your town? What if you've been here a month? Mm-hmm. You know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. Like, I've had to suffer in this right. place for years. And you waltz in when it's cool mm-hmm. and you're all happy and shit? Right. Of course you are. Mm-hmm. You know, because I had to live here. 
when this place was a fucking dump yeah. and suffer and, and go, literally like there if it wasn't for guitar and skateboarding i would have killed myself at 16 in this fucking town because it was miserable it was abusive it was desolate it was isolating and this is back when there was an internet there was it was like being dropped right. off starving and naked in the middle of a reality tv show we were talking about that on the way down we took 50 coming in and there it you know there are some the landscapes incredible <laughs> 50's got a wild <laughs> that one house that one comp complex is that the- on the curve that's like eight bombed out trailers and like yeah. you, you, you uh-huh. know you know what it is because yeah. you had to have seen it where you're like <laughs> Oh, that's what I think of when I still think. Like a lot of people, when they think of West Virginia, oh, yeah. that's, yeah, that's still it. what they think. Yeah, for sure. And it's not not true. There is plenty of hollers in West Virginia that that's still the reality. It, it, it they is. don't have running water still. Mm-hmm. They are they are the you know hillbillies that people love to mock. They are still around. Well, that, mm-hmm. that's what we were when we were talking about it, and we're driving, and I'm looking out, romanticizing, like thinking about all these the hills. Like, man, we great to have a house up there on this hill mm-hmm. like with the, the beautiful view and a couple acres and i'm like you know I, I think about that for me but selfishly and that's a selfish thought because yeah if i bring my my kid here mm-hmm. what is that what's that life look like for for it, them it, i mean it depends on the thing that's the thing is it depends on who it is because there are plenty of kids who did get moved here who like to mountain bike they like to fish they like to hike they like to ski and this place is perfect for them yeah i think thomas for yeah, sure but yeah. i'm talking about like oh the sticks yeah yeah. The sticks. i mean that's one thing about west virginia anymore is the sticks have become a lot smaller and that you're still not far away from too many things but again yeah, it's hard. If you're going to move a kid and then not give them the means yeah. to be semi-mobile, that's hand him, hard. Hand them the, a, a couple bucks and head up to Coal Springs. Yeah, absolutely. Because I need a pipe to fix the sink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go get me a can of skull. You know, <laughs> like it's not. I mean, that, and a foot that, long. I do. I do. <laughs> foot long. Yeah, I do. Every <laughs> once in a while, I'll sit and go buy places and go. I'm glad I didn't grow up in this ten house. Like I didn't grow up in Baird. You know, like yeah, I didn't some, grow up in. You know, there are places where I ever once, like, yeah, or like twenty going <laughs> from like seventy nine over to, to thirty three. There's twenty, which connect goes like you can go to Philippi or you can go to Buchanan or you can go to Clarksburg. There's this one girl who I always see on her porch every time I go down that, and she's probably she's a teen and she is sitting on her porch. I've seen her there fifty times, which means that's the thing she has to do. Right. Is sit on that porch and watch traffic go by. And she's one of three houses in that one little spot. And I'm like, at least that wasn't me. Cause that sounds terrible. But I mean, I don't know though. Maybe she likes it. Maybe that's her, but that's her story. But that's never yeah. my story. Yeah. I mean, if she knows nothing d- different. Yeah. You know, you know, and I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up in Philly. I grew up in suburbia. You know, but there was something about the suburbs that I stole and found appealing then and find appealing now that there was, particularly where I grew up, was it was very pretty. I had woods and creeks, but I had a nice house. There were other nice houses. We were affluent. We had new video games. I had lots of toys. I was pretty spoiled. Mm-hmm. You know, the major cities, minor cities and major cities were within 15 minutes to an hour away. You know, my dad worked in New York. You know, New York and Philly were a short drive. Yep. Shore was a short drive. Mountains were a short drive. Like, I lived in a place that was very well situated to have a lot of options. And then I got moved to a place that had no options. Mm-hmm. You were just sort of here. Everything was very far. 
everything is just throw into the grocery store for some people is an hour and a half or a three hour round trip. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and then it's not like it's a good grocery store. It's a shitty grocery store with all that food desert crap that shitty grocery stores have. It is what it is. Sounds a lot like a lot of people come here to, to quell their fray and it gives you fray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just, they're you just get away from it to, to quell your... So yeah, they they yeah, walk yeah, in, you know, there's it's... like a donation box where they just dump it in. They're yeah, like, that's right. Here's my anxiety is gone and Chris is like, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. throws it on like a cloak. Yeah. I need a new guitar. Let's go. I mean, go. I do. I do. Yeah. I am the type of person that's a good analogy. I wear displeasure as a cloak. I like to be displeased. I think happiness is a myth. And I think the constant quest and search for happiness that humanity seems to be on is really foolhardy. Because if you take the gross overall data collected in humanity and think about what the disportionment amount of true joy that most people feel in their life versus mistrust, pain, suffering, questioning, searching, seeking, working, laboring, growing, developing, educating, all of the things that cram into making a human a human, the portion Mm -hmm. of things I would say that we feel happy and joy is really minuscule. And I don't think it's a bad thing because I think that's how you feel happy is by knowing what's not happy. Well, yeah, for sure. You know, and I think so many people waste so much of their time. No pleasure without pain. They want, they want, you know, a life of, it doesn't, it's not a unobtainable amount of pain free existence when it just it's not real it's what people sell it's a product mm-hmm. it's how people sell live laugh love bullshit it's how people sell yoga it's mm-hmm. how people sell religion it's how people sell anything it's it's all a placebo for the reality is that this is just what it is and it sucks sometimes so what mm-hmm. it, it just is let it suck mm-hmm. suck is kind of beautiful depression is kind of beautiful Sadness is absolutely beautiful. I mean, I'm not saying I want to live in that constant state all the time, but we kind of do. Like, you do whether you realize it. You're always, because even if nothing else, if all you're doing is fighting it, you're still living in it. You're still dealing with it. It's still omnipresent. You're yeah. still in reaction to it. Yeah, for sure. You know? Well, I think it's, it's purpose is what you're, you're describing. That yeah. a lot of people, they confuse happiness with purpose because mm-hmm. you, you want, you're, tr- you're trying to find happiness and you're, when you're doing it, it's a quest. Sure. You're, and you're running down all of these different things, hoping that that's going to be the thing, mm-hmm. whether it's yoga, meditation, mm-hmm. art, mm-hmm. you know, hiking, music. music, you know, whatever. Sports. And, and every everything. time that that happens, where the, it's like, I, I played the guitar for a couple, I tried that. And someone's like, did you try journaling? And you're like, mm-hmm. tried that, didn't mm-hmm. work. And it's the quest to find that purpose is, is really what drew us to the idea of the podcast because yeah. during the pandemic, you had a lot of people that had time to really think about this where yeah. life as we knew it now became you're aware of your own mortality mm-hmm. for the first time in a, in a very a long time. Yeah. You're now being confronted with the idea that this isn't forever. Yeah. And I get to make hay. Yep. And, Not, and also, also showing us that there was a world in which the way things worked wasn't set in stone. That we spent our entire lives getting up, working 40 hours, going out of the house, 
sitting around, thinking about money, making money, working to do, and doing all these things. And all of a sudden, you went, wait, hold on. We don't have to do all this. Like, the government could literally take care of us. And we could live a life of freedom and time and do things that we actually enjoy, spend time in our homes that we don't actually, you know, we, especially like now you look at like the amount of time and money that's spent to not only try to obtain a house, but the fact that most people can't buy one to begin with, but if you can, what it takes to have a mortgage, pay a mortgage, get a down payment, and then you're in that house to sleep seven days a week. If you're lucky, maybe you eat dinner. Yeah. You spend maybe 10 or 12 hours in this thing that you are literally chained to probably until you die paying on it. Why? Well, I think that's the funny thing, too, is when people and I think that's what's affecting a lot of the market today mm-hmm. where people are going out and buying the home that may be beyond their their means absolutely because they know uh, they have no intention of ever paying it absolutely off. like i don't give a shit i'm never going to pay for this there's no yeah. way i'm ever going to pay this off so i'm going to go i'm going to live the way that i that makes me happy yeah. and i'm going to do it now i mean i think that's everything and that's economy period and that's economy i don't mean economy 2023 i mean economy since humans thought of economy like somebody thought i don't really want to work i'd like you to work now, how do I make that happen? We got to figure out something. So I got to have some sort of transaction. And somebody thought, I, maybe I don't have something to give you, but I'm going to give you an idea. And that idea, I think, turned into something like money. Money isn't real. Like right. money doesn't exist. It's a, an agreement. Like, you know, you take, it's an agreement. A, you take a yep. dollar bill and you look at it. And today that dollar is worth this pack of gum. Tomorrow it might not be. Yeah. Why? Does that gum change? Does that bill change? No, our agreement has changed. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing that we all are realizing in general is, you know, when you start looking at, you know, inflation and infrastructure and, you know, the way the world works, you start realizing that it, it none of it means anything. It's just what people have decided mm-hmm. to give meaning to. Right. And it's very different. And I think people are every day are waking up more and more to the realization that it's all kind of bullshit. That, you know, that a government decides yeah. where the inflation and where the value sits and the world over decides what means something, what's got value. Like, why gold? Why was that arbitrarily picked as a rare and valuable item instead of cubic zirconium? Right. Why was that not the thing that somebody decided that was the thing that people wanted? Because if it had become the thing people were after, it would have become in short supply. It would have become more rare, just like anything else. Right. People decide all of a sudden that tungsten is the thing that we need, and you start mining tungsten, and all of a sudden, all the tungsten is going out the lithium. door. You know, <laughs> lithium. Yeah. yeah, lithium. Yeah, That's lithium. just yeah. it. And all of a sudden, you've That's got it. this thing that once no one gave a shit about. Yeah. Now it's the only thing anyone gives a shit about until the next thing everyone gives a shit about, and it becomes <laughs> right. the thing no one gives a shit about. Well, right. I think it's now we're getting to a place where it's you know futility. Like you, we have to have farmable land because we 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 don't have a choice now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we're we're eating up resources quicker than they're available. Absolutely. So now. There's this the realization that if we keep this pace up, then nobody, nothing is worth anything. No. Because, like, you're, I don't know what happens then. I really well, don't. Well, we all know what happens then. And I actually think it's an inevitability. I mean, I think we as a species will find and 
finite time to where we are no longer perceived top dog. Because we really aren't. We've decided that we are. When most of nature ignores us almost completely and goes on and is still being the same bird that's always been a bird, whether we're here or not, and to me, that actually shows a much higher natural intelligence of, I'm just doing the same thing I've always done. You are the ones who've decided to harness yeah. fire, melt rocks into metal make machines of war fight and kill each other over nothing <laughs> versus we only do it for survival or food right. you do it arbitrarily for giggles apparently you know of course we have a country that spends all of its time trying to take away any biological freedom from us period so you know in the world over for the most part but it's it's wild times. And I think, mm -hmm. like I said, I, going back to where I was going with that is I, I think we know the end result and I think we see where it's going. And I think no matter how many scientists, how many people get on the mountaintop and say, we have to reverse this, we have to stop that, we have to do this. No one's listening. No one's listening. I mean, sure. There's a percentage of people who are recycling. And there's a percentage of people that are, say they're recycling. And there's a percentage of people who are trying to do the good fight, but they're, it, it's, it's spitting into the wind. Mm -hmm. It's just not enough. And I don't think it's ever going to be because we're just self-destructive creatures. Yeah. And I think we're going to bring around our own destruction and the worth will probably be better off for it. It'll go on in some fashion. It will. Without us. It'll probably thrive without Absolutely. us. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it, when you see, I love when you see like an abandoned, I think like downstate, there's a famous abandoned amusement park and it is covered in vines and animals live in it. You almost can't see it anymore. It's been completely taken over by nature. Underneath is a skeleton of a thing that we made that was once this live, thriving yeah. piece of humanity, you know, pulsing with electricity. And now it is still. Now it has been retaken, and there is a point in the future when it's going to be unrecognizable to what it was, except yeah. – and nature doesn't care. You know, it's going to live yeah. on and be fine there were, with uh, that being there. I, think I, there were actually, I, think, I mean, it's like the like rainforest three, thing. Yeah. yeah. I think there were like three or four deaths, though, in that yeah. amusement park. Oh, sure. They kept drowning in the in the area, like, and they couldn't figure out why people kept drowning there. Yeah. So finally, they're like, let's just – we're going to close it down. Yeah, of course. I, I read about this several yeah. years ago. You know, or, but, or like, you know, Centralia, Pennsylvania, where the underground mine yeah, fire is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, things like that. But I think, you know, I always think of like one of the things that gives me hope for nature particularly is like one of my favorite things is when you look at like Walmart's sign and there's a bird nest in like yeah. the A. And you're like, that bird doesn't know that's a letter A, doesn't know that it's a building, doesn't care that it's a building. Nope. It needed a spot and it went... My babies will be safe there. I'm going to build a nest in there. Yep. It doesn't. It it doesn't care about where it is. It doesn't know what Walmart is. It just goes nest, baby, more bird. Yeah, they are bird, baby, nest, bird. That's what they do. That's a yep. cycle of that. And I think that's one of the things that gives me uh, peace, unlike a lot of things or those simple things that I think a lot of people don't even pay any attention to. Mm -hmm. You know. Sure. So, so one thing that we're we're going to start doing yeah. is we're going to we're always going to ask this question. Oh, going I love questions. Yes, we have guests. So I, I heard you coming in when we came in. You're you're you know messing around the guitar a little mm -hmm. bit. Is that what you do to call your fray? No, or, I don't know or that what I do. do you do? Uh, so I would say that this is the amplification of my fray because this is far more of where I put my frustration. It's where I put my. My brain is one of those brains that never stops moving. I'm an insomniac. I'm depressive. 
this started as merely I needed something to do with my hands. And I found a way of making, transmuting the nonsense that goes through my brain into sound waves. That's what guitar is to me. Quelling my fray is actually more like sitting on my couch with my cats. Mm-hmm. That's how I quell my fray. Like that's that they that watching this small thing that lives in my house that is this other species that purrs and sits on my lap and follows me around and loves me for no good reason beyond the fact that I give it some food and a bed and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like that to me, that that is the thing that like that's where I go when I need to feel some peace. Like that the. <laughs> Looking into my cat's eyes when it's just like, you know, you're the best thing in the world. That's where I find comfort. This is actually almost born of more frustration and born of more causes more frustration. (laughs) You know, causes like, I mean, it's a means to an end, but it's hard to describe because there's so many people that play music for lots of people play music for different reasons. It's just how I found to put what's would be probably destructive energies into something constructive in a Mm. sense. You know, that's what, that's what music is for me. It's the chaos I feel inside brought out through an an implement. I think some, and some folks you you mentioned, you know, like it's, you have a mind that doesn't sleep. I I know what that's like. And I think at times it's about finding a way to channel the energy. Like you said, the idle hands Mm. can be, if I'm not doing something productive, then I'm likely doing something destructive. Sure. So can definitely uh, understand where your your head's at with that. Doc, do you have anything or any follow-up? No, it was a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll let you get your business back cool. up well, you and, and run. Yeah, yeah for sure. To, but thanks, guys. This was great. I like conversations. Yeah. So. yeah. No, thank you yeah. very much. If anything in today's episode resonated with you or entertained you in any way, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Quell the Fray. You can find the podcast on all major platforms, including Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Video is available on Spotify only. And if you like the song on our intro and outro, that is Bed Bugs by a band out of Wisconsin named Phasing. Please head over to their Instagram and follow them at PhasingWI. Call the Fray Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. 